Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hallelujah. God is so very good. I'm just so very thankful for another Wednesday night to study God's Word. Hallelujah. Um, Let's get started. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you. We bless your name for being such an awesome God. We pray right now that you will move by your spirit in the midst of our study and cause us to uh, be open towards your word, to have our hearts soft towards the things of God, and to cause us to be strong in you. We thank you, we praise you, and we bless your name for being our Father. Now, God, we pray that you will again pull down every stronghold that will hinder us from hearing your word and cause us, O God, to be quickened in our spirit towards the things of God. We trust you, O God that as we call upon your name, you hear our prayer, and you even answer. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. I thank God for you. I thank God for so many being on the line early. That was a blessing to uh, log in and to see so many folks already logged in. So that's a blessing. You provide the fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. You're going to see that um, as we study that that there is something. When, when, when the Bible talks about God as a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, you've got to run after God. And when you run after him, he's not hiding from you. He will make himself visible to you, and you will begin to learn more and more and more. But what we'll find out is that there's a lot of folks that will not run after God. They're not providing the uh, sacrifice. Uh, The fire is there, but they're not being a sacrifice. And you're going to have to sacrifice in order for God to open himself up to you. So let's get started. Um, You know where we are. We're looking at, uh, let me get there. We're looking at Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at, tonight, we're going to look at verse number 13, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 13. We have walked through this prayer, and, and please forgive me for my sniff, sniffing. Uh, uh, that pollen is just uh, truly uh, doing a number on me, and I'm thanking God for it almost being over. I'm believing that um, 
tomorrow uh, it may be all gone. And normally when the weather changes and, and the pollen starts to drop, I go through this season, and it gives me that nasal kind of um, speech, tone, excuse me, tone to my voice. So please forgive me uh, if you hear me sniffing and everything. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, and we're going down to verse number 7. I believe we start at verse number 7. It says, nope, verse number 9 says, But after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now watch, verse number 13 is is packed. It's packed. A lot is in verse number 13. And um, we have been in verse number 13, uh, lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. So that was um, lead us not into temptation. If I'm not mistaken, that was three um, Bible studies. And then, uh, if not three, I know it was definitely two. Then, uh, but deliver us from evil. And now, for thine is the kingdom. Now, you've got to, when you study, when you study, uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That is a doxology that many of the scholars say this portion of the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, was not in uh, the Lord's Prayer initially. Uh, When you look at the original Greek, this portion of it is not there. Um, It was added later. And I know it gives challenge to many folks because the Bible says don't add anything to it, don't take anything away. Um, but at, at this point, when we study it, we, we, those things are revealed, and uh, we leave it upon the Lord. And that's what I love about this relationship with the Lord, that God will prick your heart. He will tune your ear if you are open to his voice, if you are seeking him. If you are a seeker, let me tell you something. You will, the Lord will drop some nuggets on you that will just tremendously bless you, but you've got to be in the mode of seeking. And and those who diligently seek him, he will reward you. Now, again, please don't get, don't get materialistic uh, with your rewarding, and, and sometimes it does come as a material blessing. However, the real blessing of the believer is the revelation of the knowledge of God. When God reveals himself to you, that wisdom, um, as the Bible talks about wisdom, that it's better than silver, it's better than gold. So when God drops that wisdom on you, it is a very powerful, powerful thing for you to gain the wisdom that he gives. So the rewarding of them that diligently seek him is, again, what are you looking for? And if you're looking for silver and gold, then you're running after the wrong thing. Yes, uh, God blesses uh, with material things, but primarily he's going to bless you with a knowledge of him and uh, the wisdom that you need in order to please him in all that you do. So as we look at Matthew chapter um, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 13, uh, it says, and we continue to read in that prayer, 
in the 13th verse, it says, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. There is a translation in a, the New American Standard. It says, for yours is the kingdom. And in the, I believe it's the Message Bible, where it gets down here and it says, uh, let me drop way down. It says, as, as above, so below, keep us alive with three square meals Keep us forgiving with keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and I and I just enjoyed that so much when that was revealed in the message Bible that way. Keep us from ourselves and from the devil, knowing that many times the affliction comes from within, not without. Then it says yours you you're in charge that's the way the message bible says for thine is the kingdom you're y-o-u i feel a little funny saying it so i'm I'm spelling it out y-o-u apostrophe r-e you're in charge you're in charge that's the way it reads um for thine is the kingdom so yours is the kingdom is the translation for um, many of that, um, many Bible translations of that particular text. And then, it, and, and then in many of the translations, when you go to, to um, a, a, what is it called? Talk, not talk shoe, but the Bible hub. When you go to the Bible hub and you look down 15 different translations, many of them, that doesn't that portion of it for thine is the kingdom the power of glory it just does not even appear. So one of the first references we're going to look at as we look at for thine is the kingdom is that they're using this doxology from First uh, Chronicles chapter twenty nine, First Chronicles and I'm going to turn there in the um, Bible Gateway one. Chronicles uh, 29, and I'm just going to leave it at 29 because I want to read a couple of verses, not too many, because 29 could definitely, when you start to read the story. Now, let me drop something on you when it pertains to uh, Chronicles. When you look in the Bible, you get um, First and Second uh, Kings, I'm sorry, First and Second Samuel, and I'm and I'm just running right to the front of the Bible. Uh, when you when you're looking at the layout of the Old Testament, and you have First Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. Now, when you look at Chronicles, you got to look at uh, Chronicles embodies many of the events recorded in first and second kings and and if you really want to get yourself in check now this is I'm, this is for the folks that love god if you really want to get yourself in check look at first and second chronicles because um again you'll see man of god after man of god who displeases god and and when you, when it comes to again getting yourself in check, 
Be careful when God starts blessing. Yes, the enemy starts ble- uh, the enemy starts messing when God starts blessing. And and what does that do? When I say the enemy starts messing when God starts blessing, God is in control, and that's why we say thine is the kingdom. However, the challenge that we face, when God starts doing what he was made to do in our lives, men and women lose their mind and start going south when it comes to following what God has asked us to do. Yes, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you tremendously. You see, this is why, again, when we look at God being uh, our father, when, when we look at God being our shepherd, when we look at him providing everything we need, there is nothing that's going to go lacking when God is your father. And that's why when we study things like this, um, uh, this prayer, and I'm going all the way back to a point where when we first started, we were looking at it from the standpoint of acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication, and then incorporating that into the Lord's Prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. When we look at this, listen, you spend a whole lot of time thanking God for what you already know he's going to provide. God has already said that I am your father and I'll take care of you. If your earthly father knows how to take care of his children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to take care of you? He's already said you don't know what to pray for as you ought. So even those things that you really need that you don't even know you need, guess what? He will provide. There was um, um, a time today I was going over the the information here. I was uh, reviewing and digging deeper into uh, some of the scriptures, and all of a sudden the Lord drops it in my spirit to go see Deacon Brown, and and uh, immediately I I text Trustee Kermit uh, about trying to run down there and see him, and it is amazing how God orchestrated. The, the time that he was going to be there, the time that I was going to be there, even on the road. Let me tell you what happened. I'm, into, I'm driving down the road, and um, I realize I'm in an unfamiliar area, and I say, hey, I've got to get over. Well, I see two cars coming. I wait and let those two cars pass. Well, the second car, you better bet you, it was Trustee Kermit that pulled right in front of me and then led me about seven more blocks to the facility where Deacon Brown is, right into the parking lot, which I would have been confused, you know, a new facility. I haven't been there before. Um, and, and, and then I was able to, again, walk right in with him. You know how you have a little, not much difficulty, but right there at the front desk, you got to ask for the room number. Uh, you want to navigate yourself through the building. Listen, all of that was taken care of. The, the last few blocks, the parking, the, 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 the difficulties that I could have run into at the front desk, finding the room, uh, being able to go into the room, and uh, again, a little introduction by Trustee Kermit to myself for Deacon Brown. Listen, all that was taken care of. It, I mean, from, from the road standpoint, it, it's, it's, that's the way God operates. And even, let me tell you something, even if it would have been reversed and all of those things that was laid out for me was not laid out for me, 
I understand that I'm in a point where I need to grow. This is how, how much you've got to learn to trust God, that when you go through the difficulty, if, if he does not usher you through those difficult times and he allows you to, to, to be challenged, when you know that he is your father, then you again say, Lord, I just bless your name. And this is where we are in the prayer, where it says, thine is the kingdom. After all these requests, after all this glory that we've given unto his name, and then we get to the point where the prayer is closing out. And they say, well, let me tell you something, Lord, from me to you. This is what Jesus says, how you pray. And this is a portion, whether it was added, um, and again, as we get ready to look at this text in First in Chronicles chapter 29, if you haven't turned there or if you just joined us, to uh, flip there because we're getting ready to dig into that a little bit. First Chronicles chapter 29, he, we're at this point where it says, For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Listen, everything, it all belongs to you. It all I know what to say all of the glory belongs to you. All my hallelujah belongs to you. Let me tell you something. It all belongs to him. It all belongs to him. So when we look at this, we're looking at this embodiment of first Kings and Second Kings is in First and Second Chronicle. It gives a breakdown. When you look at first and second Kings and and in particularly, this gives First and Second Chronicles gives more of the highlights of the positive side of the books of Kings. But there's a lot of negativity that comes in the book of Kings, and from the standpoint that the men and women of God don't walk with God according to what He asks. So again, when it comes to God being King, God being Lord, God giving the the uh, the lineup of what we're supposed to do, when we fall short of that, then you'll see over and over and over again that it is wicked in the sight of God, and you're going to pay. There is, a, there is a consequence for not allowing God to rule in your life. And when I say rule, he lays it out. Listen, you are going to be blessed. But the key is you've got to walk in the way that I am instructing you to walk. Now, here it is, and he lays that thing out. So when we look at uh, uh, For Thine is the Kingdom, when you look at First Chronicles chapter 29, and I'm dropping all the way down. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Page down. And I'm going to start where? 28. I'm going to look at 28. And I think I started up a little farther. Uh, At 26. Okay, let's look at 25. And the Lord uh, magnified Solomon, magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of Israel and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over Israel, and the king, and the king, I'm sorry, and the time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. 
Seven years reigned he in Hebron. And thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Now, this is going to be our focus scriptures here. It says, and he died and he died in a good old age, full of days, rich riches and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his stead. Now the acts of Solomon I'm sorry, and the acts of David the king First and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel, and that is not First Chronicles 29. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was confusing the world. I mean, I was like, hold on a second. That's not going where I wanted to go. All right, back all the way up. I'm in the right chapter. I was at the right wrong verses. Back all the way up to, um, here we go. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, because my note, my note is right. My eyes is wrong. Help me. Here we go. Uh, back all the way up to verse number 8, chapter 29. And if you're writing those, I apologize, especially if you're writing with a pen. Uh, uh, but we're looking at verse number, start at verse number 8. And they with whom Precious stones were found, gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord, and by the hand of Jehiel, and, I'm sorry, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Now, key key verses here, verses 10 and 11, it says, Where David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, like thine is the kingdom, thine O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. So, again, this is a way when you're closing out, when when you really start to look at the, the time we spend in prayer, many times what winds up happening in the immature Christian is that you spend more time griping and complaining about the difficulties that come in your life. You spend more time trying to orchestrate your life for God. And God, listen, let me tell you something. Thank God for his patience. Thank God for his love. He listens and he's attentive. And then he still allows you to go through so he can get you to where you need to be, listen, in him. So what we do is we wind up griping and complaining about the difficulties and and not realizing many times, 
Actually, with with the true believer, 100% of the time, God has allowed these difficulties to come into your life to do one of three or four or five different things in your life. A few of them is to fashion you. He's fashioning you into the characteristic, the person that you're supposed to be, listen, under his rule. And when you have not understood that he is Lord, he is master, he is king, then you don't, again, you find yourself rebelling against what God is allowing in your life. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So he fashions you. Sometimes you'll find out that what he'll do, you're complaining about it, but God allowed that particular difficulty, that that particular stress in your life to do what? To cultivate a Christian character in your life that wasn't there before the difficulty. So there's many things that that God will do with these difficulties, with these what the Bible calls trials and tribulations in your life to bring about the characteristic that you're supposed to be displaying as a believer in God. The trust that God has to have, the, the trust that you have to have in God and the trust that God can have in you that when difficulty times come, he can flaunt you into the face of the enemy. When the enemy starts to roam about seeking to to Uh, whom he may devour, that he can flaunt you in front of the enemy and say, have you tried my servant? Put your name right there. Why? Because you have gone through some things, and even in Job's situation where he did not go through as much, where there was this hedge about him, he did have this great love for God, and and he showed it, um, and, and, and the enemy testifies of this hedge about Job that he could not penetrate where God still had the confidence in him that I'm I'm not looking at Job's outward appearance. I'm not looking at the abundance that Job has. I'm looking at Job's heart, and Job's heart is right towards me, and I realize that if Job goes through anything, he's going to still trust me as Lord and Master in his life. He's going to still, listen, he's still going to show me mighty in the eyes of the enemy. In the midst of the enemy going to hell, that's where he's destined, in the midst of him being dumped into the lake of fire, God still in these last and evil days, he's showing him that guess what? I still got the victory in the lives of those who love me. So this is, again, when you look at verse number 11, you'll see that this is written in Chronicles. When you look at the book of Chronicles, it is written from the slant of praise. This doxology at the conclusion of this particular chapter is written from the the standpoint of praise, and that's how, you know, the doxology normally goes, Um, is written from that standpoint. Now we realize that in First Chronicles they, they at least in my Bible, they say that the author is unknown. And and again the Bible is God breathed. God saw fit to put this at the conclusion of this particular text. And and again, when you look at the Bible as a letter to me to become strong in God, these are the things that God again says when as as believers we begin to just Adore him. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory 
and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above what? Above all. Above all. So that is a very powerful text coinciding with, um, coinciding, and what page is that? Hallelujah. I better remember this one, too. Okay, I'll get back to that. Yeah, so very, very powerful text. And I got a note here. I'm I'm pausing because I'm reading my note, and it's a little bit challenging for me to read. 564. Okay, turn there. So this is this is what we do as believers that again you learn to applaud God to praise God in the midst of whatever you're going through knowing that what God is in control God's got this and you're not worrying about a thing listen the other kings the other gods and I'm talking the little GODs the kings of this world they all have to fall subject to the powers of God all right? Now, and this was, I'm just going to read, and this is just a little reference out of my Bible. I got a Schofield reference Bible, and it talked about the priestly point of view. Much emphasis is placed upon the dedication and services of the temple and the ministries of the Levites in the book of Chronicles. It was another highlight with Chronicles and the slant that Chronicles is written written from. So, again, from that standpoint, the service of the temple and the ministry of the Levites, that was another Davidic or David wrote, um, I'm sorry, that David this the the slant in which chronicles was written so i had a little note there to to go there and read and then i had some items highlighted turn now to and we talked about the doxology a doxology again is a liturgical or a formula of praise to god it is also defined as thank you holy ghost a short hymn of praise to God in various forms of Christian worship. Liturgical formula of praise to God. A short hymn of praise to God in various forms of Christian worship. Okay? Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 4 Matthew chapter 4 Now I know I'm I'm under this this cuz I'm immediately going to old school and that is not normal that's not when I can notice something is going on with me I reverted to old school real quick Matthew chapter 4 verse number 17 watch this and this says here I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to read verse number 17. I was going to back up a little bit. It says here, for, from 
that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you stay right there in Matthew, drop over or jump over to chapter 5, verse number, starting at verse number 17. Watch this. Verse number 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to do what? Fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the what? The law till it all be fulfilled. When you look at verse number 19, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least command commandments shall and shall teach men so he shall be called least in what the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called what great in the kingdom so again when Jesus started to teach he wasn't teaching about you got to be saved, you got to be saved, you got to you got to accept the blood of Jesus. Listen, that was coming in the process. He was teaching about what? The kingdom of heaven. He was teaching primarily about the kingdom. And you'll see that this kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven and the kingdom, these were used synonymously or um in parallel but it was the kingdom that Jesus began to teach. And what is the kingdom? You Listen, if anything else don't sink in tonight, you've got to understand that the kingdom is God rule, God in control. And, and when you get to that place in your life where truly you know God is in control, this is why when I read through first, um First, first Kings, and you're going through those particular chapters, and you see king after king after king, and this king did wickedly. When you go through them books, oh my goodness, First and Second Kings, and particularly in Second Kings, and this king did not do as his father did. He did wickedly before the Lord. He did wickedly in the sight of God. When you read that over and over again, this is the king, and the king himself is wicked. The king himself started to follow after wickedness. Well, that is the blessing on our behalf when it comes to our king. Our king is God. Our king is godly. And our king has established what is right and what is wrong. Listen, something seems like it's right. But when it all is, thank you, God, when it's all said and done, you'll find out it looked like gold, but that wasn't gold. It looked righteous, but that wasn't righteous. It seemed like it was okay to do. But let me tell you something. God has a little tolerance for evil. So, yes, you slip up, and yes, you slip up, but God has a way of saying enough is enough, 
and knows how to get us in check. And over and over again. Now, again, after the wickedness and Solomon in his later days, what was that? Um, right before uh, first except we went through Samuel, you go through Samuel when Solomon dies and you get into kings and the kingdom is divided where 11 tribes went um, as Israel. Then you had the uh, tribe of Judah encompassing the remainder of, of the tribes. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And then Judah and Israel start to war against one another. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And you see this battling going back and forth and the kings coming to to power and then those kings being wicked. And then when the kings, watch this, when the kings would come to power that was righteous before God, those were the kings that again, and, and, and when as I was listening to it, as I'm hearing it over and over again, when those kings came to power, those were the kings that went through the land and pulled down everything that wasn't in line with God. As I listened, I said, you know what? In the life of the believer, because we're getting ready to go to Genesis, um, in the life of the believer, when you start really, I mean, when you really know that God made you a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, and that's Genesis chapter 1, just flip there, Genesis chapter 1, when you go there, then you start to understand, listen, and this is, this thing, we, I've said it, I don't know how many times, and, and, and I'm going to continue to say it as long as the Lord brings it to my remembrance, when you look at God in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and verse number 26, and it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, and after the likeness, the, after our likeness, and let them, watch this, have dominion over what? The fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the, well, listen to this, and, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. No, 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 don't stop there. Keep reading. And it says, and, and God, so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Last verse, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Watch this. Subdue it. And do what? Have dominion over it, the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. See, this is why I'm constantly saying that when I talk about God being your king, God gave dominion to man. Man turns around and says, because of what happened with Adam, and death enters into the earth which we would not have experienced. We would not have experienced this separation from our king. When that happened, then Christ comes, 
And when Christ comes and gives us this opportunity to reunite with God in the manner in which we had in the, this, this awesome relationship that we had with him in the beginning, we have this awesome eternal life that he gives us. However, as believers, what we do is turn this authority, this power, because of the condition of our earth, because of the condition in which we must live in this flesh, we turn that power, that authority, back over to God. Why? Because I can't, I don't know about you, I can't see around corners. I don't know what tomorrow brings. When the difficulty comes and the challenge comes, I don't know, the, listen to this, the path of a destructive wave of the sea. So life is like riding on the sea and, and not knowing how this wave is going to twist, how this wave is going to turn, how high it's going to take me, or how low it's going to take me. I don't know. So what I do as a believer is to say, when I trust in God, I'm trusting him to navigate me through life. So the authority that he's given me in this earth realm, I turn back around and give it back to him to lead and guide me into all truths. So that's what we get out of Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28, when we realize that, again, this dominion, this power, this authority was given unto us as God, God's children. All right? Turn with me real quick because we got to keep it moving. Time is ticking. Which one do I want to go to first? Did I? Da, 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 da. Thank you, God. Here we go. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I think I've already did Matthew 13. No. Keep your finger there. Because I want to close out with with First Corinthians fifteen. Keep that in your notes. Turn. Let's turn to uh, Matthew, real quick. I want to read this in the Message Bible. Uh, what do I call it? Matthew thirteen. Matthew thirteen, and I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to start reading at the tenth verse. It says, then the disciples came up and asked, why do you tell stories? He replied, you've been given insights into God's kingdom. They want to know, why are you talk, talking in parables? Because that's what is, the disciples came in the King James, it says, and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Excuse me. It says here in the message translation, why do you tell stories? He replied, you've been given insights into the kingdom. Now, everybody does not get these insights, but listen to this. It says, you know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insights. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings flow freely 
But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. Any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell the stories, to create readiness to nudge the people towards receptive insights. And again, I've said it before, that there are some folks that, again, they're on the call. Matter of fact, they stop even coming on the Bible study call. Why? They're not getting anything out of it. Why? It's, well, you know, Pastor, you're not that great of a teacher. I understand. Again, when you're ready for whatever God has for you, then God gives, again, when he sees that ready heart, when he sees, again, that you're right towards the things of God, then he'll drop that understanding on you. You've got some folks that will sit in the midst of very powerful teaching, and the, the power is not, see, what we wind up doing is because the way the person spoke or because of some of the clever ways that they put things, wow, that was powerful. They don't turn around and do any better towards God. Their, their walk with God doesn't get any stronger. They just heard something that they say sounded good. The true blessing of a good teacher, the true blessing of a good Bible study, the true blessing of a good message is that people, are, again, either either revelation knowledge takes place where their eyes are open to the truths of the Bible, and watch this, then the evidence starts to be made uh, plain in their lifestyle. There is a change that happens because of, again, I'm hearing something, and I realize I'm, thank you, God, I'm walking in error. Wow. That was a good Bible study. That sounded good. That was a good Bible study. He, he was real clever with that story that he told. That was a good Bible study, uh, you know, and it was quick. And those things, again, make for tickling ears. What needs to happen, and that's why I say, Father, let your will be done. Why? Because the, the folks that hear, let them have an ear to hear and that their life has changed. He says, I'm talking to them in parables because they can't handle, they, listen, they can't handle the truth right now because they're not ready. So before I moved on to 1 Corinthians chapter, 5, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 20 through 24, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. So you can flip back there now. Please forgive me. All right, and then we're going to drop down. <laughs> I'm starting to feel some relief, relief in my nasal passages. The Bible study almost, <laughs> I got 15 minutes, and now I'm feeling this release. Thank you, God. Okay, uh, verse number 20. All right, verse number 20, and listen to this. But now is Christ raised from the dead, and become, watch this, first fruits of them that sleep. Now, again, this is one of those areas that when you hear it, it means nothing to some folks. 
the first fruits of them that sleep. This gives us the confidence that if Christ, watch this, first fruits of them that sleep. If, if you own a job and you get a raise, and that raise takes you from getting $100 a week to $125 a week, the first 25 the first time you get that additional 25 that is considered first fruits. You take that entire $25 and sow it into the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's my first fruits. Christ, watch this, Christ is the first fruits of the new covenant, thank you God, with God. He was sown as a sacrifice into the kingdom. He's the first fruits of them that come back from the dead, them that sleep. Verse number 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Now, again, this is where I say where it means nothing to somebody. It means everything to somebody else. Because if Christ died, he came back from the dead, then the, of the resurrection, guess what? He came back from the dead. I'm coming back from the dead. That's my confidence in him. When that, slick, when that sinks down past the head level, deep into the heart, in the soulless nature of a man, into your spirit man, then you start living different. Why? Because I serve the God that brings back from the dead. Verse number 22 says, for as Adam all, as in Adam all died, even so Christ shall all be what? Made alive. Verse number 23 says, but every man in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, again, afterwards, they that are Christ's at his coming. Then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up the what? Kingdom to God. See, this is what we're getting ready for when you get the understanding that, guess what? I'm putting in process in this portion of the body of Christ. I'm putting in process already that I'm turning this rule back over to God, and I look at I, 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 I do the, the cab driver the cab driver uh, mentality, and, 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 and in my life, I'm turning this thing back over, saying when I say cab driver's mentality, when, the, when you get in the car, he says, where to? I'm looking to God for my daily where to. God, where do I go today? And, and this is not, um, God, I don't know to go to work, or I don't know to eat my breakfast, or I don't know to clean my house, or I don't know I need to cut that grass. I don't know I need to. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying it when it comes to the things that God needs to have accomplished in this earth, whether it's using my tongue, my unknown tongue, to speak into the atmosphere of this world. And, again, you need to study tongues and understand tongues, and it's one thing for me to teach it to you, but it's a whole nother thing when you get it. When you get it, then you understand that when you speak in that unknown tongue, the power of God is using you, and it means it's no edification at all for you. See, folk get edification out of speaking in tongues. So you hear them, and guess what? It stirs in their spirit. Why? Because many times they have a thought or they have something connected. 
They have something connected to their tongue. When you speak in that unknown tongue, that is, an, that is between you and God and the comprehension. I pray that you read it and understand it. The comprehension is not there. So when we again start to turn this kingdom back over to God, we start to pray in that unknown tongue. As Paul said, I pray in tongues more than any of you. Why? Because I've got this understanding that y'all don't have. Y'all speaking in tongues and you speaking in tongues and you're trying to sound spiritual or you're speaking in tongues and all of you are speaking. And if somebody comes in here, y'all going to make uh, the, the, the kingdom of God look crazy. It has nothing to do with you sounding super spiritual. It has everything to do with you turning this kingdom back over to God. Why? Because the, uh, the, the enemy is roaming about as a roaring lion in the kingdom of God. That's why we pray, thine is the, good God Almighty, thine is the kingdom. This is yours, God. That's why when we opened up, we said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Thy kingdom come. God, you're in control. Now, many times what happens is we have not turned. It's the doxology. We start praising God at the conclusion of our prayer. For God, everything belongs to you. This is yours. Yes, my hallelujah belongs to you. But guess what? My car, good God Almighty, my car belongs to you. My house belongs to you. My body belongs to you. My mind, come on, somebody. My mind belongs to you. My My soul belongs to you. You get to the point where you turn this thing where God made me in his image. He gave me all of this dominion and power, and I turn it back over to him. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm sorry. You ain't got me. I'm not saying I'm not praying that prayer. That, I, can't, I don't know how. What, what do you want me to do? Listen, I want you to keep seeking God until God opens up your understanding and you realize, God, I want you in control of everything in my life. If it's heartache, listen. If somebody got to walk away from me, if I got to go through a little pain and sickness, if I got to go through a, a eviction notice, whatever I got to go through, God, if you go with me, I'll go. Now, what you'll find out that whether you turn it over to him or not, you're going to still go through trials and tribulations, and your trials and tribulations are going to be a whole lot more palatable for you. It's going to be a whole lot easier for you to endure when you realize that the God you serve is in control. So if he allows me to go into this thing, guess what? He's going to bring me out. If he brings me up, guess what? He can let me down. And if he lets me down, guess what? I know that it's working out. For my good. Romans 8 and 28 says, guess what? All things are going to, good God Almighty, I hear you, Reverend Warren, all things are going to work for my good. That's when you can say thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. We're going to get into that. He's the kingdom, the power. Listen, there. We ain't there yet, but ain't nothing outside of the power of God. It's nothing that I can encounter that God can't handle. That's why I turn everything over to him. That's why I speak to this universe. That's why this world is being affected over in different countries and at the right time. You don't, you don't even know how to pray for what you want for yourself, let alone for this world. That's why you're still getting upset at the bad news. That's why when things are happening in your life, it starts to challenge you in such a way because you're still in control. Good God Almighty. God needs to reign. 
It says, for thine, listen, you, you, it, it, it may not be there. I'm going to continue to do research on that because that doxology at the conclusion of this particular text, it says in the original, it was not there. But good God Almighty, I'll tell you one thing. It's blessing me real good. For thine is the kingdom. It belongs to you. It belongs, and, and listen, I've, I've, I've tried to reveal it. I, I don't know when it's going to sink in, but I'm believing it's going to sink in. You need to go to bed saying, thine is the kingdom, for thine is the kingdom. This all belongs to you, God. It all belongs. Listen, you close your eyes and you meditate on it. This all belongs to you, God. Yes, yeah, South America, North America, it all belongs to you. Greenland, it all belongs to you. Africa and Russia, China and North Korea, South Korea, it all, Australia, it all belongs, Antarctica, it all belongs to you. When you pray, guess what? Yes, I'm praying. I, I went up to see Deacon today, and even the nurse, good God Almighty, the nurse came in and said, close the door, let's pray. Grab hands. The nurse, can you imagine the man of God is laying in the a hospital can barely formulate words and things of that nature, but God orchestrates things that when you can't speak for yourself, that God will have people around you, even the nurse will come out of character and say, please close the door. I, this not in my job description, but I need to pray right now. Trustee asked me when I was leaving, he said, you got anything else to say? No, we didn't already did everything. We touched and agreed, and I believe that everybody, with our hands laid on Deacon Brown, that everybody in the room was on one accord, that what was supposed to happen in his life is going to come to pass. Why? Because God is king. And when you serve him, let me tell you something, he'll orchestrate things in your life where everything works out you're good. Do you trust him enough to know that he's working it out for your good? Can you stop worrying long enough to know that if God brings it into my life, he's doing something with me? No, no, no. It ain't got nothing to do with your brother. It ain't got nothing to do with your sister. For what he brings into their life, it has something to do with them. But what he's bringing into your life, it has something to do with you. You're so busy looking at them and dissecting them and got them under the microscope, telescope. Telescope is up in the air. Microscope is the one that looks deep down into, watch this, into those microscopic stuff that's happening in your life, stuff that you can't see. He got you under the microscope. And you got other folks under the microscope trying to figure out what's going on in their life when God is trying to reveal something to you. God, walk with me and hold me by my hand and keep me that I might walk right before you, that I might be. Listen, you're looking at them being pleasing in his sight. He's looking at you being pleasing in his sight. You're looking at them being pleasing. Listen, you need to take your eyes off them and put your eyes on what? Him. He's working it out for your good. I thank God for what he's doing. I thank God when it comes to these, listen, when it comes to these uh, kingdoms, the promises of the kingdom. From David, I'm talking from, if you, when you read in 1 Kings and, and 2 Kings, you'll see that David is going to sit on the throne. Somebody from David's family will sit on the throne. Thank you, God. And he orchestrated it, even when they acted ignorant. And see, you better understand, when the kingdoms were divided, you better understand that God already knew that the kings that came after David were going to do wickedly. 
including at the conclusion of Solomon's life, who was the wisest and the most grand. But at the conclusion of his life, again, when it was all divided, the king after king after king came to kingship in Israel and did wickedly. But guess what? A king in Judah was doing righteously. And even when the king did wickedly, God allowed someone to come in that line to come back and to bring things back in check, bring things back in line with the kingdom of God. And when I say in line with the kingdom of God, I'm saying walk righteous, to walk upright before God. And that's got to be your goal. That's got to be your goal. Where you study to show yourself approved under God, a workman that need not be ashamed. That when the stories of your life is written, when they are written, it does not say, and she did wickedly. Good God Almighty. And she did wickedly before the Lord. And he did wickedly before the Lord. Oh, it'll break your heart when you read it. Or if you listen to it, uh, Bible Gateway has a feature where you can actually just listen. I'm doing things and I'm listening. And it says, and that king did wickedly. Oh, it just breaks your heart. For thine is the kingdom. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God to us. God, we turn it over to you. Have your way in our lives. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints of God. Thank you so much. Wow, my, my passages, I tell you, if you, <laughs> if you want to get your, your nasal passages open, uh, get excited about the things of God. It, it'll open up your sinus passages. Good God Almighty. Bless you, bless you, bless you. God willing, I'll talk to you on next week. That'll be uh, May 10th. We'll talk to you then. Have a good evening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.